everyone. Just before we begin, I just want to remind you that this information is embargoed until the minister tables the legislation in the House this afternoon. Minister, please, whenever you're ready. Good morning. Thanks for joining me today. Over the last several years, we've all felt the painful pinch of the inflation crisis with rising interest rates and the high cost of utilities, housing, fuel for our cars and groceries for our dinner tables. Every step along the way, our government has taken decisive action to protect Albertans from, from economic insecurity and to secure their jobs, their health, their prosperity and their future. Earlier this week, we tabled the Alberta Taxpayer Protection Amendment Act to protect Albertans and Alberta businesses from tax increases. And today, I will table legislation to protect the pensions and benefits of Albertans that they've earned under the Canada Pension Plan so they can rest assured that their future and their retirement is secure no matter what. In September, we released the Independent LifeWorks, formerly Morneau Chappelle report on an Alberta pension plan that kick-started fierce debate in our province and across the country. The conversation has been loud and passionate as Albertans, critics, experts and political leaders have voiced their thoughts and concerns about the potential of a provincial pension plan for Alberta. Many people have questions about the details and have really dug deep into what an Alberta pension plan could mean for them. And that's exactly what we want. Starting an Alberta pension plan would be a major move for the province and everyone who lives and works here. Albertans deserve the chance to consider every option on the table. They also deserve to know that their provincial government will do everything it can to protect their rights, their futures, and the ability to benefit from Alberta's economic prosperity and the richness we bring to the Confederation. That's why I'm pleased to table the Alberta Pension Protection Act today to provide reassurance to Albertans that this is their pension and their choice. This is a firm commitment from our government that your pension will be safe no matter what. The Alberta Pension Protection Act, an important and necessary piece of legislation, is about four key things and, if passed, will protect pensions, benefits and financial security. One, we guarantee Alberta's government won't establish a provincial pension plan unless Albertans vote in favour of it in a referendum. From the very beginning of this journey, we have always said it will be up to Albertans to decide if an Alberta pension plan is right for them. We're providing them the information they need so they can participate in the conversation and share their thoughts and concerns with Jim Dinning and the rest of the Alberta Pension Plan Engagement Panel. The panel will then provide a what they heard report back to government to determine if a referendum uh, should be the next step. No referendum decision has been made, but we are locking in our promise to Albertans that they will decide whether or not we launch an Alberta Pension Plan. Second, we guarantee that an Alberta Pension Plan will provide the same or better benefits than the Canada Pension Plan. The Canada Pension Plan Act states that for a province to withdraw from the CPP, they must show that a provincial pension plan would offer equivalent level of benefits. We're going even further, guaranteeing that an APP would provide Albertans the same or even better benefits. With careful allocation of the $5 billion in expected savings the first year of a provincial pension plan, we could boost pensions and improve other pension benefits of an APP. Third, it guarantees that Albertans would pay the same or lower contribution rates than what they currently pay into the CPP. We're asking Albertans how they would want those savings used to reduce their payments, to improve pensions and benefits, or a combination of both. But if Albertans decide to move forward with an Alberta pension plan, we promise they won't pay more. 
and would likely pay less to earn the same or better benefits they need in retirement. And finally, a fourth guarantee. The Alberta Pension Protection Act would legislate that any assets transferred from the CPP to start an APP would only be used to set up and operate a provincial pension plan. Albertans have worked hard to build up their pensions. Those earnings and those benefits belong to them. With this legislation, they can rest assured that their pensions would be kept safe even if they would be transferred to an Alberta pension plan. The entire asset transfer from the CPP would be, de would be dedicated solely to create a strong provincial pension plan. It could not be used for pet projects, but would be invested wisely to grow the plan and to keep it sustainable and secure for generations to come, free from political interference. We are pleased to introduce the Alberta Pension Protection Act now as we continue to have a conversation with Albertans, as Albertans are talking and debating about an Alberta pension plan and what our next steps should be. It's important they know our government will always protect their rights in their future. My job is to advocate for Alberta and Albertans and to provide clear and accurate information about the provincial economy, the risks we are facing and the opportunities we see. This legislation is intended to alleviate concerns raised about the risks moving forward. If Albertans are in favour of an Alberta pension plan, we guarantee the pensions and benefits earned under the CPP would be protected and could even be improved under a provincial pension plan. Albertans won't pay more and could keep more money in their pockets. And let me reiterate once again, the final decision to move forward with an Alberta pension plan will be made by Albertans. The Alberta Pension Protection Act provides that choice, protects their pensions and retirement security, and protects their future. Thank you. I'll now turn it over to Savannah for questions. Thanks, everyone. Just one more time for those on the phone. This information and any information provided by the minister is embargoed until the legislation is tabled this afternoon. Um, I'll start with those here in person. Just a reminder, if one question would follow up, please state your name and uh, outlet for the record. Uh, Lisa, I saw your hand up first. Go ahead. Thanks. Hi, Minister. Um, so a lot of the things as well, went, like a lot of the things that are going to be in this legislation are already in the CPP Act. Things guaranteeing comparability between a provincial plan and a federal plan. So a lot of this is redundant. Some of it, some people might say, is also meaningless because once you establish a provincial plan, you can change those parameters. Like the Life Works report said that once the initial plan is established, you can change, the, the province has every right to go in and change the legislation, change the provincial pension plan. So what effectively does this legislation do other than promise a referendum? Well, I think um, offering Albertans a choice is never redundant one but i would say that you're not wrong the cpp act states that um, if a province decides to do this they need to offer comparable um, i'm unsure what comparable means this clearly says better or the same or better so i think that's a distinct difference um, i would also say that that's that's not how that's not how pensions work the the, the cpp is is looked at over 75 years. Much of the same actuarial analysis would be needed to get to the contribution rate. These things do not change overnight and at the whim of politicians. I'm also wondering what objective marker, I mean, you, you've spoken about this already with the media about what will be behind the decision to move forward with a referendum, because that's still up to the government. So what objective marker, what factors, 
how do they weigh in to the determination that you're going to move forward with the referendum? Government, you're not wrong. Government will make the decision if we move forward to a referendum. And I think there's a lot of objective tools we can use to gauge the support of Albertans. Um, the what the what we heard report that we're expecting from the panel, uh, the submissions that we've seen. Um, I'm sure there will be lots of lots of other. I, I know there's a lot of polling out in the field right now. I think there's going to be lots of ways ways to gauge Albertan support. Um, but once again, the engagement panel, you know, they've been going for a month. We scheduled them to run till May. It's very early days, so I know um, many Albertans are still educating themselves on on what this means. Um, but I I would say yes, the the decision to move to a referendum will be made by government. Okay. Before we have a referendum, there'll be a number up there for Albertans, a reliable number. But how do you get that? Um, because it means then going to negotiations, it seems then, with the federal government or other provinces on how much money you get from the Canada Pension Plan. It seems that if you, want, you need a number, you're going to have to have some sort of negotiations before you decide to have a referendum that you can get these actual numbers. I don't understand the process. If you're going to have a number to show people. Well, I'd say that this legislation ensures that because we can't guarantee that the benefits would be uh, the same or greater and the contribution rates would be the same or less without a firm number. So we've asked Minister Freeland for it. We've asked the federal government for it. They've, um, to date, um, you know, criticized, um, criticized the reports. Uh, analysis, but haven't given us theirs. So I think that's the next step, um, Mr. Thompson. However, that plays out. Um, question. I don't know if you've been asked this question. Are you in favor of a pension plan? I definitely believe it has a lot of promise for Alberta. I, I look at the I look at the potential of what it would mean for every working Albertan, every Alberta business, the overall economy, what it would mean for us going forward. I think it would be substantial. But you don't have all the final numbers. Like you're just basing this on the LifeWorks uh, report. You don't know the final numbers. So you're saying I'm in favor of this before you actually know the numbers you want to get from. What I said was that I believe it holds great promise for the province. I know the fundamentals of the analysis of the report are based on the net contributions made by Albertans minus um, our share, Alberta's share of the operating expense minus benefits paid. We know that we're a major net contributor to the CPP. So it's my belief that what we'll hear back from the feds or else will be a substantial number and we will seek that clarity and then have that conversation with Albertans. Great, thanks. Lisa, we're gonna go to somebody else in the room and then we'll come back to you, okay? Catherine, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I wanna pick up on what you said about investments being free from political interference. Um, so I know you haven't selected which management uh, benefits administrator has been chosen and the LifeWorks report points out one of the differences between the CPP, IB and AIMCO is that AIMCO is not arm's length from the government, CPP, IB is. So is there anything in this, this legislation to say that an administrator must be arm's length from the government? Uh, not in this legislation. This legislation is about four things. It says there must be a referendum that all assets used will be for the setup and operation of, of a plan. Um, I, I guess the, the other pieces are about the benefits and the contribution. 
but I would say that you know they're they're managed independently. Uh, CPPIB is, but it's a crown corp of the federal ministry, much like AIMCO is for us. So that I think that aligns. Uh, but the point was that this wouldn't be like a dual mandate of Quebec unless that was specifically outlined through the Albertans' wishes. But I haven't seen that direction today. And on the wording of the the referendum or referendum. So I understand this is in line with the Referendum Act, but um, it's, it's going to be up to the, the Lieutenant Governor and Council's resolution to determine whether results of the referendum would be binding. So it says here, Pension, your choice. It's um, is the intent that this would be a, a binding referendum. And you mentioned there's multiple questions, like um, do you want higher benefits, higher or lower contributions? So can you, can you talk a little bit about what your intent is, whether a referendum would be binding? This, my intent today is to provide assurance to Albertans that a referendum would be required. You're right. This references back to the Referendum Act, uh, but any any specific decisions about the referendum would be would be it would be far too early to presuppose any of that. Whether it was our government or a future government, that would be, have to be made um, at that time. Thanks, Minister. We're now going to go to the phones. Operator, can you put it through the first caller? Jonathan Bradley, Western Standard. Hello, Minister Horner. Thank you for taking my question. Um, my, my question, my first question is, you said that the Albertans uh, must vote in favor of the Alberta Pension Plan during our referendum um, before announcing it. What would that referendum look like? Uh, like I just said in the previous question, far, far too early to tell. This, this just uh, is permissive in the sense that it requires one, and it references back to the, uh, to the Referendum Act, uh, but those would all be questions for a later date, as they always are. Okay. Okay. And my second, qu and my second question is, the Alberta Federation of Labor set up a campaign to combat the Alberta Pension Plan and has accused you and the Alberta government of spreading misinformation. What do you think about that? I would just say it's always been my intent to have a conversation about the facts with Albertans. Uh, the report has always been the best information we've had, and we've had it validated by um, you know, multiple firms, uh, legal and actuarial. The Canadian Institute of Actuaries is digging into the report right now with the authors. We, we, welcome, we welcome all of that analysis. Um, but uh, like I said, the, con the conversation is live, and we're always trying to give the best information to Albertans. Great. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll go back to the room. Shailen, go ahead. So, Mr. We're waiting to hear the hard number. We're waiting to hear what Albertans think about all of this. I'm just wondering if you could be very clear why this is a priority for your government right now, and we're waiting for all these unknowns. Well, I think this, this, uh, this uh, legislation that we're bringing forward today is a priority just to provide that assurance to Albertans. Pensions are serious. Pensions are emotional. No one wants to um, let anyone believe otherwise. Um, this potentially could take a very long time or, or, or a shorter time, but we want to make sure that this is in place so Albertans know that, you know, whether it's our government or a government of the future, uh, that this is in place and that they can know that there will be a process that will lead them to a, a positive Alberta pension plan if that is the path. Do you believe that this discussion is creating less assurance for some Albertans? because, you know, they're, they're looking for those certainties that the government doesn't yet have with 
numbers and risks behind that? Well, I certainly hope not. I, I hope that they see that we're, we're actively seeking those. The, the Premier has been clear that she won't move forward without clarity. That's one thing she says she's heard loud and clear is that clarity will be essential. And I, I can't imagine how we could ask this question without it. So I, I think that's, that's the goal. Uh, tomorrow there will be a virtual meeting of the finance ministers along with federal finance minister. What is your strategy going into it and what is your expectation? Are you expecting to leave with a specific number or are you expecting to be able to lobby the other um, finance ministers? So part one, what's your strategy? Part two, my question is what's your expectation? Well, it'll it'll be interesting to see. It's a great question. Um, we've been sent the agenda of the meeting. We weren't uh, given much input into it, but uh, my understanding is that they're going to allow commentary from east to west. So I imagine we'll we'll get to do some listening at the start and hear the perspective of the other provinces. Um, I know um, Premier Higgs from. Um, from New Brunswick, he's been clear that he, he wants to demand the carbon tax to be added to the agenda as well. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure where the meeting will go. There's so many things going on in this space. Um, but it's it's my hope. I want to make clear that we want to hear everyone out and, uh, and also make clear to Minister Freeland that the only piece of clarity that she, that she and the federal government have provided to this point is that Alberta has the right to withdraw. And so we want to make it very clear back to them we would like to understand your number then and what the process is that, that you arrived at it. Uh, we think that's fair, and we, I think we want to make that clear to the other provinces as well, and then we'll hear everyone out. I'm just trying to get a better understanding because it's still isn't clear to me what the, threshold be, what the threshold would be to hold a referendum. You're talking about how there are um, comments received from the what we heard before, submissions, polling, but all that seems very qualitative to me. I don't see like a quantitative threshold. And as you were mentioning earlier, there's still a lack of clarity over the number. So I'm trying to understand if all these things are so unknown, if they're undetermined, aren't you putting the cart before the horse? Like what's the point of even bringing this legislation forward? And I know that you said you won't have a promise to Albertans to, to lock something like this in, but again, it just seems like this move is very premature. Well, there's there's active voices out there. I, I don't want to get into the politics of this, you know, making claims that we're attempting to steal people's pensions, you know, things as inflammatory as that. So I think it's important that this legislation is, is there to provide that assurance to Albertans that um, under our government or a future government that considers this, that those assurances are in place, because that's certainly not the case. If the federal government does not provide that number you've been looking for, where is it going to come from? Well, it's it's their legislation. It has to come from them. Uh, I know the the premiers the premiers mused about the courts if if they refuse to give us a number, um, but that's um, beyond beyond my pay grade and my mandate. I'm I'm asking them for a number, my my federal minister, and uh, expect they'll give us one. I don't know how they couldn't after they've made it clear that this is our right to withdraw. Do you worry at all that pursuing the Alberta pension plan could exacerbate divisions within Canada, further pitting Alberta against all of the other provinces? Many Albertans have family members in other provinces, of course, and care about their loved ones' pensions potentially being affected by this. I always sincerely worry about divisions within this country, uh, maybe more so than the Prime Minister at this point, but I think it's part of the active conversation that we're having around regional 
offering regional differences around the carbon tax, um, the clean electricity regs that are ongoing. Um, I think I think all of these things uh, potentially will be part of the meeting tomorrow. Um, you know, I've said to to national media that you know if if the prime minister is worried about affordability measures, the numbers in the LifeWorks report show that this would mean that if Alberta withdrew at that number, it would mean that CPP contributions would have to rise by $175 a year. The household carbon tax is $710 a year. There's ways the Prime Minister uh, can seek affordability and fairness um, that are at his disposal. Okay, we have time for one more question. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to, because at this point, like, nobody knows what, like, the real numbers are. So with that bill, is it kind of like to wait and assess the situation? Well, I'd, I would hope that because of where we're at in this conversation, that the, the feds would be uh, expeditious in, in answering us. Um, but I, 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 can't, I can't really speculate. I think we've been very firm in our, in our ask. I think after they made it clear that this was our right, I think that's their responsibility. Um, there's always been a, a withdrawal process and formula within the Act since 1966. Uh, it was amended in 1997 when the, when the plan changed. Um, so I would expect, um, you know, if, if they're following good governance of this country, they would, they would answer us. And my follow-up is, um, you know, once, once you get the numbers from, from the federal, my guess is going to be to court. And like, if the court, you know, like, you don't like the numbers, Will you still hold a referendum? Well, I think if the number changes, so will so will everything else. So will the potential for the benefits and the contributions. So then I think it, it does change the conversation with Albertans. Um, and then we'll, if if there's support of Albertans, we could re-engage in, the, in that process with those numbers. Great. Thanks, everyone. We're going to go circle back to the phones just to make sure there's no one else on the line. Operator? Okay, I invite everyone to follow up with me afterwards with their questions, and we're going to end the press conference today. Oh, Thanks go so ahead. much. Let's do oh. one more. Go ahead. Okay, Lisa. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Okay, Julie's talking about putting the, the cart before the horse, but the Premier has said we are not going to move forward with this until we have firm numbers. We're talking about a three-year warning you have to give the feds if you decide to pull up. That's three years. It could take years to go through a court process and a negotiation process to get those firm numbers. So isn't this pushing it beyond your mandate? Like, isn't the horse dead at this point? No, I don't think at all. This, this, won't, this won't expire. This will provide assurances ongoing that if anyone, a future government, wanted to do this, benefits have to be better, not comparable, the same or better. Contribution rates have to be the same or less and that the referendum's required. I think it'll, it'll provide that assurance ongoing. The feds have made clear that Alberta and other provinces have the right to consider this, so I think this is an assurance that will remain. Is anything going to happen before 2027? I mean, 2027, 2028? <laughs> I mean, this is, are we talking about a decades-long process that we're getting mired in? Well... <laughs> I can only answer what I can answer. Like the question was asked about how fast the feds will get back to us. I, I can't speculate. I'm going to continue to try. But I would say a different way of answering your question would be if, if this is a long process, 
why are the feds having an FPT on this specifically when there's all this uproar about every other piece of regional unfairness across the country that's unfolding right in front of our eyes daily? Ontario wants a special meeting on this? That's great. I'm happy to. We get it in a week. Maybe, maybe the question should be, if, if this is obviously a process, are we talking about the right thing tomorrow? You're understanding that a final number in terms of how much you get from the CPP comes from the federal government, or are the provinces also involved in negotiating how much you get? Uh, from my understanding of the CPP Act, the provinces aren't involved at all. It seems that you changed the actual CPP. You needed the provinces to agree to that two-thirds, two-thirds form. No. This, that, that doesn't apply. Not under, the, not under the withdrawal section. So it's strictly, in your mind, it's strictly it's an Alberta minister decides how much money you get. It's an Alberta, it's an Alberta question to, to choose to withdraw, and then we require the firm number on the withdrawal. Great. Thanks, everyone. Oh, Catherine? <laughs> one more, one more, and then I'm in. Okay. Didn't panel tilt back, overwhelming no, we don't want this at all? Is it possible that we don't even move ahead with getting those federal numbers and going to court and going through that? Could you know by well, I, guess, I guess anything's possible, but I would say, um, I guess I would say now that they've made clear that Alberta has the uh, right or any province to withdraw, I think I think it's imperative for them to answer the question. This is this is their legislation that's always been in the CPP Act, um, but it, you know it might change Alberta's Alberta's uh, actions if it comes back and there's no support. You know we're not moving ahead without support of Albertans. Okay, great. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate the time. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.